Uh, the last two weeks, we preached a, a series. I've done a series called Behold, I Do a New Thing. And I, I, I trust you've been praying and leaning into God and finding that secret place. And, and I, I've personally found a cu- probably two or three things that have come out of left field as I've prayed and just circumstances and a sense that, oh, this is part of this birthing season. God's putting some things that weren't on my agenda firmly on, on his agenda at the top of my, now on the top of my agenda. I'm hoping and praying that as you seek God, some new things are being birthed on the inside of you and of us. I did have to chuckle uh, because last week behind me on the screen, the message, the, the title was there, Behold, I do a new thing. Uh, and the only problem was when you looked at the photo, it cut off the first few words of each line, and it just be, it was me, and behind me was saying, old thing, behold, just old thing. And I just thought that was cruel. I mean, I know I'm almost 50, but to actually have words behind me that say old thing, I'm not sure if it's the media guys, the graphic team, the marketing team, but someone's paying out on me. And I'm not that old, really. It's, it's just all in my head or your head. Although uh, API, Australia Pensioners Insurance, next year, 50 plus, I hope I get a massive discount. Anyway, just, just saying. Well, today, God is doing a new thing, and I believe he's going to do a new thing in your life. And I want to preach uh, on the Holy Spirit and Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday, as Danielle said, is the birth of the church. A Pentecostal church, as opposed to a non-Pentecostal church, essentially believes that there are two experiences, as there was in the New Testament. The experience of being born again when the Holy Spirit comes and transforms us, and then an experience of being baptized or immersed in the Holy Spirit, where He comes upon us and fills us. Those things can happen simultaneously, but they are two distinct experiences. That's what we believe as a church. And so you might have become a Christian and invited God into your life, but there's more. There's an experience of being filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's what a Pentecostal church believes. We believe that with that baptism in the Holy Spirit comes all sorts of different things to help us live a great Christian life. So I want to talk about that today. First thing I want to talk about, and I'm going to talk about three aspects of Pentecost Sunday. The first is this, that the person of Pentecost is the Holy Spirit. The person of Pentecost is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the the third person of the Trinity. He is God. He is one with our Father, with our, our Father's Son, Jesus, and Himself, the Holy Spirit. Together, they are one. They're united. They are, they are the same substance, yet they're different persons. They have different roles or different responsibilities as part of the Godhead. Just as water can be experienced as a liquid or ice or steam, three different substances, but they're actually the same chemical substance, so three different expressions, that is the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, some people, if you want to trigger me, call the Holy Spirit it. That will, that will get me going. If someone says, oh, let's pray that the Holy Spirit, that it will come. It's, I've got to tell you, he's not an it. He's a him. He's a person. He's not, although he came in the form of a dove when Jesus was baptized, he's not a dove. Just as Jesus is not literally a lamb, it's a metaphor for who he is, the lamb of God or the sacrificial lamb of God. But he's, Jesus is the son of God and the son of man. He's a person and the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not fire, although he comes with fire. He's not 
wind, although he comes like a wind. And Jesus said the Holy Spirit's like a wind. You can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. And you can't see the Holy Spirit, but you can see the effects of the Holy Spirit. He's a person. He's the wonderful person of the Holy Spirit. He wants to be your friend. And I want to just tell you 10 real quick thoughts about the person, the wonderful person of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who makes us born again. He comes, uh, Titus 3 verse 5 tells us, he, he washes and regenerates and renews us and he makes us brand new. The, the, the experience of your spirit coming alive is a work of the Holy Spirit based on what Jesus did at the cross. So now when you get born again, the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us he lives in our heart. He lives in you, in you and he lives in me when we're born again. The Holy Spirit also is our helper. Jesus said in John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all things that I said to you. This is the Holy Spirit. He'll help you. Whatever circumstance you face, whatever difficulty, whatever challenge, he's there to help you and to bring back the truth, the word of God to us. He's, he's also a comforter. I love the fact that the Holy Spirit comforts us. This means that when you're a Christian, Life isn't automatically great and problem-free, but it means that we have the Holy Spirit with us to comfort us in difficult times, in sad times. I remember the, the morning I got the news that my mother had passed away unexpectedly. I was in Perth. Uh, Danielle and I were preaching in a church there. I was preparing. I got up early in the morning as my, as, as my custom to seek God and to pray. And when we go to hotels, then usually that means I'm stuck in the bathroom because uh, I'm up so early. So I'm in the bathroom and I'm praying and I'm seeking God. And I, I was trying to prepare my message in my heart and asking God what to speak about. But, but all I experienced was wave after wave of the love and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It was so powerful. He was... But it was so he was so close. That experience was so close. And my phone kept going. I'm like, no, I'm not answering that phone. I'm having a great time with God right now. And eventually, after about half an hour, I saw it was my brother and I picked it up. And, and he told me uh, that my mom had unexpectedly passed away. And I, I hit the floor in shock. And, and, uh, but what happened is while I've got shock going on, I had just had this incredible peace and comfort. And it was the beautiful Holy Spirit with me, comforting me. And that comfort stayed with me through the grief and the sadness of the, of the loss of my mom. And this is the great thing about the Holy Spirit. He's a comforter. Whatever emotion you go through, he'll walk through it with you. He's God in, in person and present with us in our time, time of trouble. The Holy Spirit, one of his roles, he has different roles. And one of them is to, to pour out our Father's love into our heart. I love this one, Romans 5 verse 5. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. His love is poured out. That's his role. Often when I pray, I just say, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are pouring out my father's love into my heart and i feel it it's not just words there's a there's a sense of a spiritual exchange of god's love filling me that's what the holy spirit does it's the holy spirit who convicts us of sin 
As much as some of us would like to be God's helper, pointing out where people are wrong, I don't know, with this physical distancing and a meter and a half and, and a certain amount of people that are allowed to gather together, if you find yourself walking around going, that's not a meter and a half, that's 12 people, not 10, I don't know, that, that sort of voice in your head and some of us are more uh, police-oriented or, or rules-oriented than others and you'd like to be the one convicting people of their sin, but... I'm here to tell you it's not your job or my job to convict people of their sin. It's the Holy Spirit's job. That's because he does it with perfect, perfect love. He doesn't do it to condemn. He does, he does it to lift people up. John 16 verse 8 says, When he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. This is the Holy Spirit. He, he comes to help us realize there's a higher way. He comes, guilt, guilt is where we feel bad about something we've done and bad about who we are as a person. But when the Holy Spirit convicts us, we feel bad about our action. And there is a, oh, I feel bad in my heart. I'm convicted in my heart. But there's hope attached to it because I can re repent and ask for God's forgiveness and connect with God and I can be forgiven. So when the Holy Spirit brings conviction, it's to change us and to turn us and to take us to a higher level, there's always hope because it comes from a place of love. He's the, he's the convictor. It's the Holy Spirit who helps us pray. He loves to help us pray. Romans 8 verse 26 says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we don't know what to pray as we ought to. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And this is the Holy Spirit. This is why he gives us these incredible gifts of tongues and we don't know what to pray. And I love praying in tongues. I love when we pray in tongues, we speak mysteries. We don't know what we're praying, but we're prophesying in the Spirit. I love that the devil can't understand what you pray when you pray in tongues. I can't, I can't understand and mess it up with my unbelief. I'm just, I'm just praying in tongues and prophesying mysteries. And it's the Holy Spirit who helps me pray. He quickens Scripture to us. When I'm reading the, the Word of God, He is the author of Scripture. It was the Holy Spirit who inspired every writer as they wrote the Word of God. And, and so it's the Holy Spirit as you read it and something sticks out at you. That's the Holy Spirit popping a magnifying glass up in front as you read the Word, highlighting something to us. That's what He does. It's His role. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. When you and I hear the voice of God, the whisper of God in our heart, when we, when we have a dream, when we, when we see a picture in prayer, that's the Spirit of God. He's the Spirit of Christ. He's the Spirit of God. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit that we hear when God speaks to us. He's the voice of God. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. Uh, Ephesians 4.30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. This tells me that when I walk away from God or when I do things that are not pleasing to the Holy Spirit, that He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He always lives in me. The Bible says my body is His temple. He's always with me. But His manifest presence, that's the, the tangible expression of the Holy Spirit. Although He's always with me, I'm not always conscious of His presence. But there are certain things that happen and I become conscious as we worship. Oh, I'm conscious of his presence. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. And so I can grieve him and feel him leaving or backing away if I start to watch something that God's not into. If I start to behave in a certain way, I feel that, that anointing or presence of the Holy Spirit leave because he can be grieved. He's sensitive. And number 10, the Holy, it's the Holy Spirit who strengthens our spirit. 
So when I'm praying in, in tongues, the Bible says that he would grant you, Ephesians 3.16, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit, in the inner man, when I'm praying, when I'm worshiping, when I'm reading the word, it's the Holy Spirit who's strengthening my spirit. My spirit and the Holy Spirit are different. My spirit is my born again spirit, my inner man. And it's the Holy Spirit who strengthens my spirit, builds me up on the inside. It's his job. I love the Holy Spirit. I love you to love the Holy Spirit. I want you to know him. You can talk to him. I, I talk to the Holy Spirit a lot. In the morning, I'm, all, I'm just like, good morning, Holy Spirit. At night, good night, Holy Spirit. Help me here, Holy Spirit. Help me with this conversation, Holy Spirit. Come with me. He's, he is the presence of God with me. A great book that I'd recommend. It's a classic, and I, every Christian should read this book by Benny Hinn. It's called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. He talks about his own life uh, uh, exchange and it's probably his life message of how how this guy that we see doing miracles all around the world and crusades for god how that started was a deep friendship with the holy spirit i'm telling you god wants to be friends with you through his holy spirit this is the person of pentecost that's the holy ghost the purpose of pentecost so if the purpose of pentecost if the person is the holy spirit and he's a person well, what was the purpose What's Pentecost all about? Jesus said it like this, Luke 24, verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father to you, promise, uh, promised hundreds of years ago. But tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Oh, endued such an old school word. So is tarried. And I love those words. Jesus said, hey, as he, just before he ascended, he said, guys, don't leave the city. Don't go, don't go trying to tell people about me until you've got the power of the Holy Spirit upon you. Until he comes literally, and the word in Jude means clothes. You've already got the Holy Spirit in you because Jesus breathed on them after he was raised from the dead. And the Bible says, and they received the Holy Spirit. They were already born again. But he said, you don't just need to be born again. If you're going to be witnesses for me, if you're going to be used by me, you need the Holy Spirit to come upon you. You need to be clothed with power. If you're going to live a life that's just you and God and just getting by until you get to heaven, well, you don't need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You, you, the Holy Spirit lives in you and you're good. But if you want power, then you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Not just once, but continuously to be filled. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I love that. I love that the name of our church is Powerhouse. The reason that we are powerhouse is we believe that God wants his church not to just be an intellectual experience, not just to be a religious moment uh, where we're, giving, we're putting mental ideas into people's minds. Your mind is a very important part of your spiritual experience with God. We, we don't, we, you shouldn't be checking your brain at the door, but we shouldn't just be connecting with God in our mind. It should be our heart, our spirit, and it comes with power. The Greek word for power is dunamos. So Bible, when the Bible says you shall receive power, it's you shall receive dunamos. That's the word we get dynamite from. That's the word you get dynamic from. You shall receive spiritual dynamite when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and he'll clothe you. That means that instead of just 
speaking and they're just being empty words, there's a power on the words that comes from the Holy Spirit's power. That's when we prophesy and we have insight and we see things that we couldn't otherwise see, that comes from the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. When we pray for people and we see healing and we see miracles and we see demons cast out of people, that comes from the the dunamos, the power of the Holy Spirit. When we have that supernatural boldness. We heard a little earlier from Michelle about being set free and healed after having a car accident. I remember the morning here in church that God just whispered to me and actually showed me a picture of someone on the side of the road with a neck brace on. I could see people all around them. I could see the, the sirens and the flashing red and blue lights. So there's obviously some kind of accident. And I just, you know, this is what's really interesting. On this morning, I had terrible back pain. I could barely stand up. And this is what I love about the power of God. I'm believing God for healing myself. But at that time, God, the, God's anointing is not restricted to what I'm experiencing right now. His anointing is not limited to, to what's working or not working in my life. His anointing is just limited to faith. So I remember, so I'm saying, who do you want to heal this morning, Holy Spirit? I saw that picture. I got up, described that. And Michelle came up and said, that was me. I got hit by a car. Uh, as I walked on a footpath, I was lying on a footpath, and she, as she said, she she had chronic neck pain and, and back pain and and fear and anxiety, and could barely leave her house, and and all all of this pain could hardly move her neck for a number of years. And in one moment, this is what the Holy one of the main things of power. In one moment, that all shifted. The demons that were harassing her shifted in a moment. The pain that was in her body shifted in a moment. The fear and anxiety that was around her shifted in a moment. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I believe that the church should be the most powerful organization of people in the world. I believe that the church shouldn't just be preaching messages that, that tickle people's intellect, but, but words that have power to change hearts and a demonstration of the power of God. I love the Apostle Paul in Thessalonians and Corinthians to two different churches. He says this, the first one, Thessalonians, for our gospel did not come to you in just words, but also in power. And in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. 1 Corinthians 2 says this, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words or human wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I don't want you to, to come to faith because someone convinced you of some truth in your mind. Uh, that's an important step. But ultimately, it's your heart and an encounter with God and a demonstration of the power of God. Pentecost Sunday, the purpose of Pentecost Sunday is that every believer would be clothed with power. Now, here we go. The, th the third thing here is the priority of Pentecost. And I want us to be really clear about this because I think sometimes Pentecost Sunday or the Pentecost experience can be twisted a little and the pendulum can swing a little and it can get off, off track and it can become more about me and my own experience than what the actual priority of Pentecost is. The purpose is to get power on us, but the priority of Pentecost is to proclaim the good news. That's the priority. Too often, I think it's, it's possible that we miss in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and we stop there. We go, awesome, 
I get power. This is amazing. I get goosebumps. I get a good feeling. I get to, wow, I can't wait to get back and, and have more of the Holy Spirit so I can feel better and, and then I can feel better again and I can feel better and I can have a great experience and then I can talk about a great experience and I can feel, no, 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 no. What, what we've got to realize is that's feeling good is awesome. Encountering God's love and feeling His power is phenomenal. What He's doing in me is phenomenal. But the Holy Spirit doesn't come upon me just for me. We've got to not miss the end. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In the early days of our church, just as Danielle and I became the senior pastors in 2000, we had a move of God's Spirit for about four years. Something, something sovereign, something supernatural. God used our pastor to... Go around the world preaching about the love of God, the power of God. Uh, people laughed, people were healed, people were set free. It was a phenomenal experience of the, the moving of God. It was called the river. It was in the 90s. It was phenomenal. A couple of outbreaks right around the world, and our church was experiencing it. Uh, the difficulty was, after a while of experiencing this power of God's presence and, and the joy and the laughter and people literally getting drunk in the Holy Spirit like they did in Acts... We, didn't, we forgot about the end. We experienced power, but we didn't realize that connected to the power, there was a priority. And the priority was to be witnesses. So I remember we would have pre-church prayer meetings and we were in the Kiwana Community Center and we'd go upstairs and have a pre-church prayer meeting up these stairs and, and we'd go there and the Holy Spirit would fall and people would get touched by his presence and laugh and fall over. And, and, and there were numbers of times church was supposed to start at 10 and, and there'd actually be like no one in the room, no one in the auditorium. There's just people upstairs. And then they'd wander down laughing and a few drunk. And, and I can just imagine that if you walked into this empty church where no one was really greeting you and people were stumbling down upstairs uh, drunk in the Holy Spirit, that... Probably if I'd walked in, I would have walked in and I would have walked straight out because it was just a little weird. And the, the reason it was a little weird is we, we, we were loving God, but we forgot about the end. We, we didn't get the priority of heaven was that we would be witnesses for God, that we would be proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the ultimate aim of the Holy Spirit coming was that Jesus would be glorified. People would be pointed to Christ. That power was for a purpose that people would be pointed to Christ. What's amazing is the first thing that happened as they got filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues. When the Bible talks about tongues, it talks about three different things. There, there was other one is the personal tongues that God gives us that we connect and pray in. Another is the, the tongue of angels, which is like a messenger tongue that needs an interpretation when God's got a message to come to the church. And the other is actually the native language of people. And the very first, once that fire came and the wind came, the very first sign of the power of God was they spoke in other people's languages. Healing wasn't the first sign. Deliverance wasn't the first sign. The first thing that happened was they spoke, uh, and the Bible listed in Acts chapter 2, it says that they, uh, they were speaking their own tongues and proclaiming the wonderful works of God. And it lists at least 15 different languages 
that were being spoken. This was the Feast of Pentecost where people came all from all, every Jew from around the world, every man over 18 was coming three times a year. This was one of those, the Feast of Harvest, the Feast of Weeks it was called. They were celebrating the first fruits of the wheat harvest and they were bringing those first fruits together and they would come. And so they were from all around the world, all spoke different languages and in 15 different languages, Galileans who didn't know those languages were suddenly proclaiming the good news, the, the wonderful works of God. That was, that was very much the number one thing on God's heart as His power would come on people to proclaim the good news, to speak the language. I believe that as a church, we need to never forget that the priority of Pentecost is to speak the language of people from all walks of life so that they can be pointed to Christ whether they're white-collar or blue-collar, whether they're men or women, whether they're young and old, laborers or lawyers, whether they're down and out or rich and powerful. Everybody needs the gospel spoken to them in their language in a way that they can understand, and that's what the Holy Spirit came for. And I pray that our church would be a church where people experience the power of God, but, but every one of us have got a story and a testimony that power will come upon us to tell our story. This, this is what the idea of a witness is. A witness is a person who goes to court and gives a testimony of what they've seen. I want you to know that your testimony of what Jesus has done in your life, of the, the miracles and the goodness of God that you've experienced, it never gets old. And one of the reasons the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you is so you've got a boldness to tell somebody, your friend, family, workmate, neighbor, but to tell somebody the good works of God that He's done in your life. I believe with passion that there's three things that really point people to Christ. One is a testimony. When you give a testimony of what God's done in your life, it's irrefutable. It's not intellectual. It's your experience. And we have to share our testimony. That's why I love week in, week out, people hearing the testimony of Christ. When the, when the Samaritan woman went back to her village and said, Jesus did this in my life. He said these things. The Bible said that numbers of the people in that village believed in Jesus because of her testimony. And then it said a number of them came and heard Jesus and they believed. See, some people will believe a testimony. Some people need to believe preaching. And so as the word is preached, this is what happened. Peter got up anointed by the Holy Spirit and he preached the gospel and people got saved. 3,000 got saved as the church was birthed. Or some people will believe a demonstration of the power of God. When Lazarus got raised from the dead, it said that Jews came from everywhere and they believed in Jesus because of that demonstration of power. I loved, I'd love our church, every one of us to be, I'd love the, the mark of our church for people to go, yep, there's preaching that points people to Jesus. There's testimonies that point people to Jesus. And there's demonstrations of power and goodness of God that points people to Jesus. And that's the priority of heaven. Let us always be people who align with the priority of heaven to point people to Jesus for their salvation. That's why he's come. I, I want us to close our eyes right now. And I'm going to pray for us. I'm so excited about what God's going to do tonight. But I want to pray for us right now. Father, I thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit on Pentecost. And he still comes to every heart. And I'm inviting you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill us afresh. To come and clothe us with power. 
We love you, Spirit. Let your presence fill our homes and our hearts. Let your power clothe us. We might be a people of supernatural power, prophesying, casting out demons, healing the sick, speaking in tongues, working miracles, demonstrating the love of God through the works of God. And that we might know the priority of heaven. The priority of Pentecost is that we'll proclaim the good news. Give us the boldness to share our testimony with friends. Give us the boldness to talk about the works of God to those people around us. We love you so much. This is we come to a close.